0: Hi, welcome. My name is John Ogden, and I create and design curriculum.
1: I'm Michelle Larson, a marriage and family
2: therapy associate. I'm Amanda Suarez. I'm a school psychologist, and I work with children from elementary school through high school.
0: And we co-founded Uplift Kids Together. Today we're talking about sleep. It's this week's featured lesson. And we'll start by looking at some of the suggested resources in our preparation guide for parents. The first is from Tricia Hershey, who runs a popular organization called the NAP Ministry. And she frames rest as a spiritual practice. She says, rest is productive. When you are resting, you are being productive. And she adds, I'm trying to reframe rest and deprogram people around the concept that if you aren't doing something in the classic sense, then you're not worthy. We also look at the work of Matthew Walker, who is a sleep researcher. And he says a number of things that are very helpful about sleep. He says, for instance, If you can't sleep, you should actually not stay in bed for very long, you should go to another room that's dim and just read a book. No screens, no phones, and only when you're sleepy, return to bed. And that way your brain relearns the association with your bedroom being about sleep rather than wakefulness. He says that human beings are the only species that deliberately deprive themselves of sleep for no apparent gain, and many people walk through their lives in an underslept state, not realizing it. Finally, he adds that a lack of sleep, which he defines as getting six hours or fewer per night, can harm concentration, memory, and the immune system. So that's just a bit of what we include in the preparation guide for this lesson. Given all that, Amanda, how has sleep come up in your work as a school psychologist?
2: When a student comes to me and they're having a bad day, they're dysregulated, or they've had some sort of rupture or event throughout the day, one of the first questions I ask is, how have you been sleeping? And students from first grade all the way into high school have often reported to me that they sometimes even set a timer to wake up in the middle of the night so they can play Roblox or Minecraft. Or students get caught in social media and they're watching videos, video after video, and before they know it, it's two o'clock in the morning and they're not getting consistent sleep. Children that are from ages six to 12 need nine to 12 hours of sleep a night. And it's not unusual for students to not be getting that amount of sleep. I
1: think one of the questions that comes up for me when you're saying that, Amanda, is like, why are we not getting enough sleep? What is keeping us from getting the sleep that we need? Some of it might just be the amount of distractions that we have in our life. And so asking that question, like, why are we not getting the sleep we need? I think one of the reasons is that when we slow down, we actually become present with what's here. And often that can be anxiety producing. Somebody lays down to go to sleep, and then all the thoughts are right there with them. So there's an acronym I use with clients. It's RAIN, R-A-I-N. And the first one, R, stands for recognizing. So we're pausing to acknowledge what's happening and label our thoughts and emotions. This might look like, I feel anxious. I can't get to sleep. I'm worried about this test I have to take tomorrow. The second one is A, allow. It's just saying what's here in the present moment. I'm feeling anxious right now. I've felt this before. I know this will pass. The next one is I for investigate. So we can get curious about our feelings. It's being present in the moment with a real time assessment. Like, where am I feeling this emotion in my body? What's going on for me here? Like my chest feels tight. I might feel this sensation in my legs. So it's just getting curious about what's here. And then the N stands for non-identification. So I'm feeling this in the moment, but I'm not this feeling. So an example is, I feel this way from time to time. I don't need to get wrapped up in this. I know it's here right now, but I know that this will pass. This process can help you stay with the emotion and let it pass rather than trying to resist it.
0: That's helpful. Amanda, what tools have you given kids who are struggling with sleep?
2: In my work with kids, we talk about the idea of sleep hygiene and we say, hey, just like we take care of our bodies, we have to take care of our sleep. We have to protect it. There are steps we can take to take care of our sleep. And there's a lot of different steps to sleep hygiene if you look at it in a comprehensive way. But in work with kids, I think it's most helpful to go for the low hanging fruit. Start with one thing that's in their control that's developmentally appropriate that they can practice with. So, for older kids, it might be you could say, Hey, it's really important to go to bed at the same time and wake up at around the same time every day. So, let's work with that for a week. Or for younger kids, it could be learning a guided visualization or practicing closing your eyes and counting your breath. That's something that even A first grade child can do on their own, but it's different for each child. What's the thing that they struggle with when it comes to sleep? It could be turning off your phone and leaving it outside of your room. That's a big one. Middle school and high school students can practice with that. Another thing could be getting exercise or being outside sometimes during the evening before it's sleep time. That really helps with sleep hygiene. So there are different things you can do, but when you work with kids, it's good to start with one thing that's in their control that they can work with to to try and help improve sleep.
0: Have you noticed any kids change because of improved sleep hygiene?
2: There was a middle school student, and if at any point if the student woke up in the middle of the night, they really struggled to get back to sleep. So they would pop up and play a video game or Watch videos or, or something. And then it would end up the student might then oversleep, miss the first half of school, not feel rested, or be more susceptible to conflicts at school when their body wasn't rested. And we worked on one thing at a time. And we didn't start with, hey, leave your device outside of your room at night, because that would have been this, too big of a leap. But the student always recognized, If I get some exercise, I sleep better at night. And so we started with that. And so I just became an accountability partner, you know, like, hey, how is that going with getting a burst of exercise at night? And so we would check in on it. And then we worked through other things, going to bed at the same time at night. And it was never perfect. This student would struggle at different times throughout the year. But by the end of the school year, this child knew the term sleep hygiene and knew what that meant and had some awareness about what would help them get the best sleep.
1: Yeah, I love sleep hygiene and routine, like actually really creating a routine for with our sleep. And one thing that the research on sleep hygiene emphasizes is that beds are for sleeping. You don't fall asleep on the couch and then drag yourself to the bed. Like You have a routine leading up to going to your bed. I think that's really important for kids, like making sure that they're starting their routine before they're at that point. They're so tired, they actually can't go to sleep, emphasizing that you do all these things and then you climb into bed.
0: Mm, Yeah, I love that, Michelle. Um, It makes me think of a Zen story where a master says, when I'm hungry, I eat. When I'm tired, I sleep. And the student says, isn't that what everybody does? And the master says, no. No meaning that often when we're eating or sleeping, our attention is fragmented, especially today when there's so much to consume, not just uh, in terms of physical products, but also in terms of content online, which is endless. So it can be difficult to let the dust settle after a day that's so full. And that's where spiritual parenting comes in. It helps families be fully present to whatever's here, including deep rest. So I don't know if that sparks anything for either of you,
1: but I'd love to hear if it does. Um, Just my personal experience, I grew up in a family that was all really determined and driven. And I didn't know this until my 40s, you know, older, but I saw rest as laziness. I actually didn't allow rest in my life. And so that actually ends up in burnout. So I couldn't ever find the balance because I didn't see the value in rest. I could only see the value in productivity. And that was connected to my worth. You know, I felt like in order to feel like I was contributing and worthy, I needed to be responsible and capable and driven. And I couldn't do all of those things unless I actually also made time for rest. So it's really finding the balance between the two. Wonderful. Anything else?
2: I'll just add a couple more practical things that can help kids get into a better sleep routine. I mentioned things that older kids can work with, like having a sleep routine or a bedtime ritual. But something that younger kids can choose and that they do have control over is like having a comfort object when they go to sleep. That can be really helpful, that comfort object that signals that it's time to go to sleep, something they have at night, and that also helps them to self-soothe if they wake up at night. So it could be like, a doll or a soft toy or a blanket. So that's something they they can do on their own that they have control over.
0: Yeah, thanks for everything you both shared. I'm reflecting on how when something feels like it's not quite working in the home, it can be useful to ask the question, is this related to sleep? Because it might be related to sleep. And if something feels off when it comes to spiritual health, it might be related to sleep as well. Again, sleep seems small, perhaps sometimes insignificant. It can be easy to overlook, but it really is foundational to our waking hours. And it can be the difference between having strong spiritual health and not having strong spiritual health. And we can have connecting moments as a family if we're fully rested. So with that, thanks so much. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you.